0: Here are the nominees for Best Picture. Belfast. Coda. Don't Look Up. Drive My Car. Dune. King Richard. Licorice Pizza.
1: Nightmare Alley. The Power of the Dog. And West Side Story.
2: Welcome to the next Best Picture Podcast. I'm your host, Matt The Time of recording is 9.08 p.m. on February 8th, 2022. Today, we received the nominations for the 94th Academy Awards, which are going to be taking place on March 27th, 2022. And of course, there were surprises. There were shocks. There were cheers, tears, cries of horror, cries of joy, everything in between. It was definitely a very exciting morning. In case of you have not noticed, we posted a Patreon video of our live reactions to the nominations. So by all means, if you have not seen that, check it out. Here to join me today for this episode to talk about the 2022 Oscar nominations, I have Lauren LaMagna.
3: Hello, everybody.
2: Emma Sasek.
3: Hello, hello.
2: Will Mavity. Hello, hello, hello. Daniel Howitt. Hello. Cody Derricks. Hiya. Tom O'Brien.
1: Hey, everybody.
2: Josh Parham.
4: Oh, I'm so happy about driving my car. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and Dan Bear.
5: Patricia, what have you done? Oh,
2: my <laughs> gosh. Oh, my god! <laughs> Uh, we'll talk about that for sure. Uh, so I'm really happy to have so many of you here to talk about this. Uh, what we're going to do is to keep things a little sane here. Um, I figured we can go in some form of alphabetical order and we can just go through the nominations category by category. So I will start us off with a category here. And then what I'll do is I'll kick it over first to, in this particular case, uh, C for Cody. Cody will start us off. He'll give his thoughts, and we can springboard off of that, and anybody can then provide extra commentary color. We can talk about things that shocked us. If we got any categories correct, you want to rub something in people's faces, you know, whatever the case might be here. So let's start off with Best Original Song. We have here Be Alive from King Richard, Dos Orguitas from Encanto, Down to Joy from Belfast, No Time to Die from No Time to Die, and Somehow You Do from Four Good Days. Cody, thoughts on this
0: category? So I kind of love that every year Diane Warren makes us watch a completely <laughs> random movie that usually doesn't actually exist. And this year was no difference with four good days. Um, I had to look up the title of the song a million times. Somehow you do. Um, you know, you, you you wonder sometimes how people get Oscar nominations and sometimes Diane do. Um, but <laughs> this category otherwise didn't really go in any crazy directions. And even Diane Warren nomination is not too shocking. I think as the second she got on the short list, it was kind of like, Oh oh, yeah, you got to consider that. Um, otherwise we got the three big ones that everybody predicted, you know, in Kanto King Richard, no time to die. Um, I think at this moment, if we're going to, you know, I don't know if we're speculating already, but I'm kind of feeling pretty good about, um, maybe in just on the basis of, uh, it's the weird case of like, maybe he'll win for the song that wasn't nominated. <laughs> kind of similar to like Alicia Vikander winning for the movie. She wasn't nominated for,
3: <laughs> but
0: otherwise, yeah, this is a pretty good category. Even the, um, Diane Warren song is not, um, the worst. And, uh, and there's Belfast.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
6: there is. It, re- <laughs> it really does feel like, I, I, none of us were predicting somehow you do right. I mean, what what were we all thinking? How did we not just unanimously predict that? Uh, we it worked for that uh, breakthrough song two years ago. I, we just we need to stop
2: doubting Diane Warren. I think at this point. I think what it came down to was this movie was so underseen. I don't know many people even here on the team who have seen it. I think it's like myself, Dan, and. Yeah. I, I really don't know who
3: else, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I've seen
2: it. I don't remember a thing it. about it. Okay, okay. I
3: put it on my Hulu watch list like 5,000 <laughs> years ago, and I, every Hulu. time I go on Hulu, I'm like, oh, yeah, that movie. <laughs> yeah, movie.
2: But when you had something like Just Look Up from Don't Look Up or Guns Go Bang from The Heart of They Fall, like these were getting pushed pretty heavily by uh, Netflix. And there were a couple other contenders, too, like um, the song from Respect, which was nominated for Golden Globe or, um, as Dan just said, uh, Sparks for Annette. So this got in on the strength of Diane Warren alone. And I can testify that. They did send the sheet music out to uh, Critics' Choice members, so I imagine that maybe a similar thing was going on in terms of uh, targeting members of this branch, Uh, but...
7: Almost every week in Variety, when you would open that up, there was an ad for just that same picture of Mila Kunis and Glenn Close sitting in the waiting room with a For Your Consideration Best Song, Somehow You Do, by Diane Warren. So, like, I mean... They, they were really hammering home the message repeatedly. I just ignored it stupidly. <laughs>
5: I'm just like dying to know, like, because it's a very small distributor. Like, was she funding this all herself?
2: I really just think she has a lot of friends in this branch.
4: Obviously. yeah, yes. Yes. yeah. I really <laughs> th- think that's, that's what it comes down it. to. Yeah. It's
2: the
1: simplest explanation.
2: Yeah. And the branch is that, that insular that you can just ride that for as long as you can, probably. Yeah. I mean, the song's also not bad.
5: It's not bad. It's yeah, far fine. from her worst nomination.
2: Right. Uh, but no Coda here, sadly. Um, I was a little upset to not see that happen. Uh, Tom, you were going out for the Respect song. I, I, No pun intended. I respect that. Uh, and Zach was going for Just Look Up from Don't Look Up. Uh, otherwise, a lot of us were kind of split between Annette, The Harder Day Fall, Coda but yeah, otherwise, the main contenders, No Time to Die, Be Alive, Dos Aguitas all showed up here. Uh, Down to Joy, another nomination below the line for Belfast. Uh, you know, kind of surprising considering the day that it had overall, which we could get into in a little bit, maybe. But I will be curious to see if they have Van Morrison come to perform at the Oscars. I mean, he,
7: uh, he probably can't <laughs> even get him to the <laughs> venue.
2: Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. I lost a Roman in the bubble.
2: Probably, yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, Beyonce now an Oscar nominee.
7: Yes, finally, finally,
2: finally. <laughs> And Billie Eilish hot off of all of her Grammys, uh, an Oscar nominee as well. So pretty exciting. Lin-Manuel Miranda standing a chance to complete his uh, EGOT, although I've heard some people call it a, a P-GOT. Because he also got yeah. the
5: Pulitzer, yeah. Oh,
2: that's what the P stands for. OK, OK. Yeah, that makes sense. Gotcha. I was like, what, did, what does that mean exactly? They OK. <laughs> uh, best original score. We have Nicholas Patel for Don't Look Up, Hans Zimmer for Dune, Jermaine Franco for Encanto, Alberto Iglesias for Parallel Mothers, and Johnny Greenwood for The Power of the Dog. Dan Baer, thoughts on this category?
5: Um, I, at the last minute, I switched out Parallel Mothers for Encanto because I think Encanto was just coming on very strong, building a lot of buzz about its music recently. And I'm not really sure why I thought it had to be either or of them. I guess I was just having a really hard time picking which of the other ones to kick out.
2: Uh, I'll tell you why, because we all thought <laughs> that Alexandre Desplat was safe.
5: Yeah, like he was going to get Diane Warren into this category, basically.
2: And now after missing last year for The (laughs) Midnight Sky and this year for French Dispatch, we got to maybe not view him as like a John Williams type default nominee in this category.
7: And I started thinking back. It's happened before, too, Mm -hmm. with the Danish girl in 2015. He was widely predicted to get in for that as well. And that was kind of a surprise miss. And I wrote it off. But yeah, he's not as invulnerable with his branch as we thought.
5: Well it's interesting because like on the strength of the score itself, I would not have predicted the French dispatch because we, that, it exactly sounds yeah. so yeah. similar to his other work for Des- for um for Wes Anderson specifically. But then it like showed up places and but the Ampus just did not like the French dispatch at all for some reason. Like yeah. even Leaving it out of categories where it probably should have been winning.
2: Yeah.
0: I think the reason why I couldn't quite get onto Parallel Mothers uh in the final predictions is because nobody was predicting it for the Golden Globes. And I think this is kind of the only place that, you know, potentially the Globes made an impact this season in a major way in terms of, you know, bringing a contender that nobody'd really speculated about beforehand and putting it on the map. And yes, I know Alberto Iglesias is a previous nominee, so there's that, which the music branch always, you know, loves the people in the club already, but I don't know. I just, it it didn't really strike me as an obvious nominee just because of the group's.
2: Yeah, you know, it's interesting that you bring that up because um, critics went to bat for Alberto Iglesias with Parallel Mothers, but I didn't really see Encanto landing in like the regional critics or anything. So you're right, Cody. I think that Golden Globe nomination for this really helped to put it on people's radar. And behind the scenes, too, there was also this narrative for Jermaine Franco, who uh, made history uh, with their nomination today. So You know, that angle was definitely being pushed a lot. And it's it's great to see. You know, this is the first time that a Disney film has had its score nominated since. Hold 1998. Wow. Oh, that's even further back than I thought.
6: And it's the first time without the comedy drama category since Lion King in 94.
7: Mm. Yeah, that's that's something. Wow. that's pretty Mm. impressive. So Iglesias, every single he's gotten in four times and every single time it's not predicted and it's not for a film that the <laughs> Academy likes overall. So I think he's just someone like Diane Warren, albeit to a lesser extent, who just seems to have friends in the industry. Because I remember like his Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy nomination and yeah. his Kite Runner nominations were out of nowhere. So, you know, yep. somebody except, likes him.
4: Except at BAFTA which was the logic I was using to drop him. And I am so mad at myself because yeah. I, I had this five in my predicted lineup for so long. And then at the last minute, because of BAFTA, I dropped him and I'm so upset with myself right now.
7: <laughs> Coming up on five minute news. I'm Anthony Davis.
1: Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon.
2: There was a reoccurring theme this year with BAFTA, which was, you know, and I kept telling people after the BAFTA nominations, we can't treat them as gospel. We can't do exactly the things that they are doing. We can cherry pick a thing here, a thing there. But if you try to copy exactly what they did, it bit you in the ass this morning.
3: I will say that parallel mothers is my favorite um, addition to this group, just because like even months after seeing that movie, like I just distinctly remember how beautiful that score was and just how it like elevated every single moment, good or bad in that film. So Definitely my favorite, uh, one of my favorite little additions to the nominees this morning.
2: Uh, And credit to Sony Pictures Classics, who continues time and time and time again to fly under the radar and do these stealth assassination style campaigns that are directly (laughs) targeted at Ampest voters. And just when you think that they are out, they somehow manage to land these nominations. And if you like look at their... History, like their films that they've released over the years, uh, this is a reoccurring theme. So definitely something to watch out for. If they've got a serious player in the race and we knew that Parallel Mothers was serious, it was just, it was, it was a bubble contender. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't contending for something like picture, but it was a bubble contender in a couple of categories, including screenplay, which it didn't get, actress, which we'll get to later and here. So yeah. Definitely uh, very, very good work on their part overall. Best visual effects, we have Dune, Free Guy, No Time to Die, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, and Spider-Man No Way Home. Daniel Howitt, what were your thoughts here?
6: Yeah, I mean, this is actually a pretty straightforward category, no massive shocks. Um, I mean, The Matrix Resurrections is probably the biggest surprise Um But after that movie kind of didn't go anywhere, I had moved away from that one. So, yeah, the only one I didn't get here was Free Guy, um, you know, which I I guess is a little bit of a surprise. I think really the the big takeaway is uh, congrats to MCU fans. Uh, You know, you didn't get a Best Picture nomination, but hey, congrats.
2: You got Spider-Man No Way Home here. So there you go. You know, what was like my big correlation between all these uh, nominees here. They were all box office heads. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's that true. true. Yeah. yeah, you're right.
3: This is the only category where I got everything correct.
7: <laughs> nice.
6: Yeah, man. The one
3: and only one. We did it. <laughs>
7: the other thing with this that's notable is uh, whenever there is only one or two films on the shortlist from one of the big VFX houses... Don't bet against it. So ILM only had two. They had Free Guy and they had Eternals this year. So um, I think they threw almost all their weight behind Free Guy. And it was the same last year with Mulan. I think Mulan was only one or. I, Mulan and um, Love and Monsters were, I think, the only Weta ones. And I think they threw all their weight behind them. So, you know, like d did a lot of the films this year. So if you can pinpoint just one or two ILMs or Weta, I think the big takeaway is never bet against them.
2: So Dune is the only visual effects nominee with a Best Picture nomination, although uh, No Time to Die overall scored three. Below the Line nominations as well. Uh, Otherwise, Free Guy, Shang-Chi, Spider-Man No Way Home. These were their only nominations in this category. Uh, And another thing too, you know, to kind of take away from Best Visual Effects this year with Matrix Resurrections, it is pretty surprising, but this was a reoccurring theme throughout the morning. Uh, That was one of the movies that got in everywhere. V.E.S., BAFTA, Critics' Choice, and Missed the Oscar nomination uh, and we saw that happen time and time again uh, this morning where a film got in literally everywhere it needed to in the lead up to the nominations. And then for some reason was nowhere to be found.
4: Yeah, that was the most interesting thing about it for me is that I was also a bit skeptical of Matrix in the beginning, but it did start to show up everywhere. And it just seemed yeah. like, OK, well, I, I guess that it is happening. So if it had missed maybe like one of those, I'm I might have backed off on predicting it, but like, it showed up at all the places it seemed
2: like it needed to.
5: Yeah, that was where I was.
2: I think, too, you can also draw a line here with these uh, nominees that these were the most well-liked movies, like, critically. Yeah. You know, Matrix had a little bit of a divided reaction. So did Eternals. Godzilla versus Kong wasn't, like, the most well-reviewed thing in the world. Neither was Ghostbusters Afterlife.
0: And uh people godzilla versus kong was weirdly well reviewed remember like yeah because it was like the first movie back so people were like it's oh yeah and
2: it's yeah not good, but sure well maybe it suffered from just being released too early in the year then maybe
5: well and also like they nominated the kong movies but not the godzilla movies in this category so wizard <laughs> <laughs> phobia <You know.
2: laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> kong's like get out of my fucking movie you're gonna rob me of a visual effects nomination godzilla <laughs> <laughs> all right best sound we have belfast dune no time to die the power of the dog and west side story emma thoughts on this category
3: i think for the most part I uh, we pretty much we're all in consensus that Belfast, Dune, No Time to Die um, would show up in this category. I think I'm most surprised about seeing The Power of the Dog here, just because I, I mean, among the many great things about that film, I can't particularly say that I was like fixated on the sound quality, but sure, why not? Um, and, and then I think what its story makes sense here too, just because of um, the whole musical aspect, all of the affects everything going on with that so really the power of the dog is just the one that kind of caught me a little bit off guard it,
6: this is where we start to see oh wow the power of the dog was really loved to,
3: this yeah. morning
2: yeah
6: the
3: power of that dog <laughs> wow. really the power
2: this really reminds me of like when films in the 70s and 80s would score like nine ten oscar nominations yeah like tootsie getting into sound yeah like it has no business getting into sound like what are you doing here
5: (laughs) and like it's really weird because of the bake-off angle like you think about the sequences that all these movies had to show and like yeah they picked probably the best eight minute scene of the movie that they could to get a sound nomination. But you think of all the other films that were in contention and it's kind of like, really? Like, not that the sound work is bad, just you think it doesn't sound that impressive, but maybe that simplicity is what made it stand out.
2: That's what I'm thinking.
5: off Yeah.
2: Yeah, I'm thinking it's a combination of love for the movie and the fact that it was the quietest. And as a result of that, People probably were more dialed in into the sound, like really leaning in and paying attention to it as a result.
5: And that sequence, that sequence of the, you know, her playing the piano and him playing the banjo is almost exclusively sound work. There's no dialogue, there's no real, like, um, crazy cinematography stuff happening. The focus is on the sound. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you on that.
4: And not for nothing, it did get nominated at CAS, so yeah. it did have a, a precursor nomination from the Guild, so it's not like we were totally unprepared for it to happen, but I do think that, yes, given the other movies that were on the shortlist, it was a bit surprising, but as we saw in the other categories, clearly this movie was very, very well-liked.
0: Uh, and it all doesn't really matter, because this will be Dune's at least second guaranteed Oscar? Uh, I think so. Yeah.
2: I mean, there is a very, very tiny, in my opinion, like supreme tiniest chance that something else could upset it here. Uh, I do think the sound work in No Time to Die is quite excellent, honestly.
5: But it doesn't have an editing nomination.
2: Right, right, right. And I would have said the same thing, too, for Belfast as a potential spoiler. But it, too, mm-hmm. is missing editing, which we'll get to in a bit here. So, yeah, it. I agree, Cody. It does feel like it's pretty locked for Dune overall. Hey everyone, sorry to interrupt, but this is a preview of our full episode discussing the nominations for the 94th Academy Awards here on the Next Best Picture Podcast. In order to get the full episode, you will have to head on over to our Patreon for $1 minimum a month. You will get the rest of this episode, our live reactions to the Oscar nominations via live stream, and other exclusive podcast content from us as well. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time. She Still made it. Um, mm-hmm. Olivia Coleman in the Lost daughter. Oh man, oh, Delphi Cruise in Paris. Oh
1: my Howard. god, yeah, Nicole Kidman in no, B- Gaga. B- no gaga. Oh, my oh, god. To is- Kristen Stewart! <laughs> yes! There's two more categories. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes! <Wow. laughs> yes! The first is for achievement. Oh! All
4: right, and- oh, check it down. I should have stuck with her. Yeah.
1: Hey, hey there! I'm Hannah. And I'm Audrey.